This is the Infinite Success Secrets Podcast, helping to get more money into the hands of women through entrepreneurship. I'm Adrienne Weimer, and I'll be sharing everything you need to scale your online business so that you can cut out all the noise and make it happen. Because in this show, I'm letting you in on all the Infinite Success Secrets. All right, today's episode, I am like over the moon excited because I'm going to introduce you to today's guest. And today's guest is one of my own amazing mentors. And this is literally a full circle moment to have one of my own mentors on the show. And one of the things that I know you're just going to love about M, just like I do, is she is real. She has got this authentic personality that is like so fun. No pressure to be fun, but I know you will be. <laughs> and like no biggie. She's just like crushing it, making like millions online in the space and like making such a huge impact on the lives of her clients, including mine. So I'm so excited um, to like welcome you to the show today. Thank you. Yeah, it is such a full circle moment because I feel like even when we were working together one-on-one, I was a completely different human being. Like, I'm just like, oh my God, I was an infant, it feels like, compared to like where I'm at now. But yes, I'm excited. I'm excited to dive in. Well, if you were an infant at that time, then that makes me just like a little embryo. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) Oh my God. I think back to that time and I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, we're going to talk about this a little today in today's episode too. But like that time in my life was like one of really big shifts and kind of like a shitty time in my life too. And moving through some like big changes, like personally, professionally, you were like my ride or die with me when I was like literally leaving corporate and was just feeling all the fears, all the scares. And it was I like know. a wobbly time. <laughs> I know. And I was like always so nervous sometimes to talk about it with you because I'm like, Adrian, you have to understand I was the fucking psychopath that left corporate without having signed one client. So like, I don't know if I'm like the best person to talk to you about this because I like work really well under pressure. But yeah, I remember that. I remember those conversations. Yes. I was like, who am I? What am I doing? Okay. Let's talk about that because I'd love to share your story because you left a high profile corporate job, like working at like a big fashion retailer kind of dream job. And you left literally without a client. And is like, with this all in energy, you were like, peace out. I'm goodbye. I'm all in my business. Like, tell us about that. Like, how did you make this pivot? Yeah. I mean, I went to a traditional fashion school. I thought I was going to be Lauren Conrad from the Hills when I moved to New York. Devil Wears Prada. Like I was just all about it. And that is just not the real fashion industry. Like you get in there. It is literally a hustle. I mean, to even make it or get a decent job with a decent designer, let alone like go out on your own. And I just think back to like, I was always trailblazing even when I was in that industry because I was the only one in my graduating class that was designing like sports bras and workout clothes and wasn't designing like evening gowns. And I had professors push back and say like, that's not real fashion. And I was just like, go out on the street and 90% of people are wearing it. Like, so I actually had to teach myself a lot of like sewing leggings and cause it's like stretch fabric. It's not like regular clothes. And Nike came to my school senior year 
And somebody had overslept who got an interview spot basically. And I never got the email and I'm like scrambling going like, like this is my opportunity, like whatever. And so I basically walked into the auditorium acting like I was supposed to be there and there was an empty seat and it was from that student who had overslept. So I just sat down, acted like I was supposed to be there. Like obviously like didn't sleep in two days, like preparing for this. Like, so I sneak into the interview and the CEO's sister interviewed me and her jaw was just on the floor the entire time. And she was just like, you will be hearing from me. Like, and I just, I was like running through the streets. Like it was like a movie scene. Like I was so happy. I was calling my mom, like my kindergarten teacher. I was like, so happy. Like, and yeah, they accepted me to men's running. It was a paid position and it was right out of school. And I worked there got another job at Under Armour like shortly after that was like better pay and definitely not a better place. It was in like Baltimore, Maryland. Like I was not ready for that. Not going, being able to go on a walk, like the neighborhoods were pretty sketch. Yeah. I just been using Instagram as a fitness diary up until that point and just posting like my shitty pictures of oatmeal, like before corporate and like my 4am workouts before I had to go into work. And you know, I started getting hundreds and hundreds of likes and comments. And then when I finally shared my anorexia recovery journey from when I was in high school and like found fitness and lifting weights that like went viral when I shared that. And I got all these comments and like questions from people being like, what was the mindset stuff that you like focused on to get through that period of time? All these questions. And I found myself being more fulfilled answering complete strangers like comments on the internet than I was like going into an office every day. Like, and let's be real, like sending outlook emails, like literally just being an illustrator, making a design, giving suggestions. But then I never saw the person try it on. And I never saw the person's life change from my design. And it wasn't really mine. It was the company's, right? So it was like, not fulfilling. And I got to a point where I was good at it, but I wasn't passionate about it anymore. And that was very hard because it was like, no, this makes sense. You went to school. Like my parents are thinking like, and we spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars. What are you doing? And I just kept following people who were fitness influencers, starting coaching businesses. And this was like back when coaching wasn't really a thing. And this one girl had a podcast and she invited on her business coach. I was listening to it, eating my grilled chicken salad. And he was like, I help fitness coaches make six figures online. I literally dropped my fork. (laughs) Pulled up this guy's like website. I filled out what I thought was an application for a call for them to tell you if you were going to be like a good coach or not. Like literally Adrian had no idea what a sales call was or anything I was getting into. So I filled out this application. And at that point I had had a NASM certification. I just literally took for fun. Like that's how into fitness I was. And so I was totally like qualified and ready and knew all this shit. And They told me at the end of the call, like, you're a good fit for blah, blah, blah program. Like, it's going to be 5K. And I literally drained my savings account to put down a deposit, like not even the full amount. 
And I drove home to Jersey that weekend. I was like asking my parents, like, is there anything like savings bonds? Like I wasn't making shit at corporate, like two to three K a month, like before taxes. And there were savings bonds from when I was a baby that added up perfectly to 5K. And my mom like had laid, laid out on the counter. And I basically reached back out to the sales guy and was like, I'm ready. And so, yeah, a couple months in the program, literally hadn't signed any clients. I was kind of just doing the fun things like avoiding sales calls. Anytime someone had an objection, it was literally like Lindsay Lohan and Parent Trap. Like I was just like moving the wrapper, like trying to get off the phone. That was me. And I was terrified to like niche down and like do all the things that like you have to do that in the beginning. And I left the program, didn't sign one client, like 5K, completely gone. And at the live event at the end of the program, the coach said to me, well, don't you think like you've been half-assing it? Like you've been at this job, you're trying to juggle like doing the program. Like what if you just went all in? Like basically encouraging me to put my two weeks in and like leave. And so I looked him in the eye and said, Monday morning, I will put my two weeks in. And I got back from the trip. They were like, how was LA? And I'm like, yeah, can I have a meeting with HR? Like it literally just like came out like word vomit. And I let them know everything I had been doing because like no one really knew the full thing. And I opened up to them and I said, I feel like I'm taking the spot of somebody that looks at this job the way that I look at coaching. And I don't feel right about that. And I feel like I'm taking your money at this point. And yeah, like very shortly after I left and I felt like the most powerful person in the world leaving that job. I was just like, I know what I want to do. I will do what it takes. I'm not giving up. And that was the start of everything. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm like, people listening, like you see why I love like why I love you. It's like trailblazing from the beginning. I love that you like weaseled your way into that interview way, way back when. And I think that says so much because so often we wait for the stars to align for us to have this perfect scenario. And then we're ready to move forward. And sometimes it's the real, real is like, you need to squeeze your butt into the seat that actually was for someone else to get into the room. And that is such a, like such a good lesson And just that ability to trailblaze. And I can relate so much too, because I, when I made my first investment in a business coach, I think I invested something like $7,500. Didn't sign a single client in that time. And those are always like pivot points and moments too, where you're like, you could have quit. You know, like, I think that was like a moment where in a decision, you're like, oh, well, I invested 5K and it didn't work. So now what do I do? But instead you have this like all in energy always that is like, I'm all in. It actually doesn't matter that in that four month window or three month window or however long that program was, they were like, oh, it didn't work in that time frame. It's like the decision of it's going to work no matter what. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I I think you just, it's an energetic decision before you take any action. And even if it feels like it's such a small part of you, I always like refer to it as there was this like little light inside of me. 
that it was just, yeah, like the doubt and like people like telling me coaching's a scam or like it's not real or they're influencers, they're getting paid by companies, like they're not making any money. Like I literally heard everything that could have stopped me. And there was just this little light that would like always come through that was no, like I can't imagine doing anything else. I'm going to do it. And I had to energetically decide even after the program where I didn't sign any clients, like it wasn't going to stop me. So (laughs) yes, it is such like an energetic decision. I feel like we decide first and then the results happen. And that's in such a reverse of kind of like how we're trained. Cause I think a lot of people say, or I hear a lot of my clients say like, I kind of need the validation. Like I kind of need to see myself sign a client to feel like it's going to work out for me. And I'm always like, you have it in the reverse. You need to be your own validation before anything's going to show up. And that's the hardest part. Yeah. Because you will quickly get caught up in that. Like, especially when you start signing clients, like, because yeah, there will be dips or lulls like in your business where it's just like, okay, like this sold before, like, are people asleep? What's going on? Right. And you're just like, not really sure. And it's very easy to tie your self-worth into like the offer or the amount of sales or the amount of people that reach out. And when you can really separate your personal power from your business, I mean, you, I'm, that is literally the superpower. It's like, that w- that is going to continue to help you make money because if people feel that you're this like anxious needy person they're not going to feel safe to keep buying from you they want to buy from somebody who's going to keep them grounded and is neutral and like knows that they're powerful no matter what and yeah i i just can't even imagine investing in a mentor who is like constantly back and forth with their confidence depending on how well their business was going that day or that week so yeah Did you always have that neutrality or did you grow into that? No. Okay. First of all, just in my personal life in general, I feel like sales, I always relate it back to dating. I was like, had the anxious attachment in dating. Like, oh my God, he didn't text me back. But like before he was like texting me nonstop and like reading into everything. And yeah, like my worth was tied to like, how much they were paying attention to me or like leaning in or whatever. And so, yeah, I I know that comes from like childhood crap and like all that stuff. I've dug that up, but I had anxious attachment in my personal life, even with like friends and stuff like that. And I just would always create the story. Like I'm not good enough when there was space. And like, so I would try to fill the space and like, I would try to control the outcome of relationships or immediately after like two dates be like, what are we? Right. I was always avoiding the space and I switching business models last year, I had to confront holding the space in between the outcome or the result because with my old business model, sales calls And cold outreach is a very controlled business model. If you think about it, it's a lot more controlled. Like you get in conversation, you know what to say. They either answer you or not. They book a call or not. Then you close the sales call. And when I pivoted from letting go of sales calls and cold outreach and just fully stepping into attraction marketing, it was like, yeah, there was a time period of like my audience, like catching up to like, oh, she doesn't do calls anymore. And like her content's like, 
way more detailed and way more value driven. And the know, like, and trust that I was building with her on a call is now going to be done through like a post or a story. And so in that transitional time period, I was confronted for the first time in my business, like, oh shit, like I have to like, there's going to be space in between my audience getting hotter, quote unquote, like in terms of like them reaching out consistently from content. And so that was the gift I didn't know I needed because that was the time where I got to practice being neutral and being able to be like, Yep. Like I decided this business model for a reason. My other mentors are absolutely crushing it with this. They're not any different than me. Like I know it's going to catch up. I'm going to hold the power of my work and my offers. And I know it's just a matter of time before people catch up. And because of that, it was like not even eight weeks that like I saw a dramatic shift in the temperature of my audience and I haven't lost it since. But yeah, before it was easy to avoid practicing being neutral because the business model was so controlled that like there was not really a lot of room where I needed to do that. Yeah, it was very controlled. So it's so interesting how like our business model kind of like matches like where we are in our own level of like maturity, emotional intelligence, like how we operate. And that is the whole hot audience that you've been able to build. Like i I hope that people's jaw, it's probably on the floor, realizing that to actually go from cold to hot doesn't have to take forever. Like you just said, it took you like eight weeks. And I think a lot of people right now really need to hear that because they're probably looking at their DMs right now saying like, "Mm, kind of a, kind of a ghost town. I'm putting up the posts that say like, DM me the word and nobody is DMing me the word. Mm -hmm. So to hear that like in eight weeks, a real shift like that can happen. And if you follow them, you will see like every piece of content that you produce literally feels like a little mini training and is so potent and is so activating and is so opposite from like all the other vanilla content that you're like, cool. You're just telling me to like be consistent and yeah, and I like this. Show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, I know that. I just this is not helpful. And your content is so much of so the opposite. So I'm curious, like, tell us about your content creation process. Like, how do you create such potent content? Do you create your own content? Do you have support? Like, pull me in the back of the scenes of your content creation process. And now, so I don't have any support. It's all me. I don't have a team who posts it or anything. Like it is totally me. And I always wanted it to be that way. I got very, very clear when I was like ready to hire a team. Like, what do I want to do? And like, what do I like never want anyone else to do? And content was one of those things. Cause like, I feel like when I put it out, the story or the post, like I'm able to keep my finger on the pulse of my audience, but also still have that connection and relationship that I just never wanted to lose. And yeah, that's why I have as much as people are trying to convince me to run ads and things like that, I could very easily see myself losing that with my audience or maybe not having as much of it. Yeah. And so I've just always been a part of the organic game. And like when I switched business models and went all in on content, the biggest thing I had to decide before making any posts or whatever was like, Number one, having the mentality that every post that I put out, I want to act like people are paying me for the post. 
that's how valuable I want it to be. Because if you think about it, the reason why I had to do sales calls and outreach for so long is because all of that know, like, and trust I could have been building through a post or stories, I had to do it on an hour long call. I had to do it in like a day or two's worth of a DM conversation. And so I was like, how can I do that now through my content? And so that's why I never say that time period wasn't a waste of time because like all of the questions and things I needed to know about this person, now it's like that just shows up in the way I sell on stories. The things that I choose to talk about when I'm talking about the offer, like it was all of that reassurance that I learned that people need when I was on those calls, like hundreds of calls I had taken. So when it comes to content creation process, it was that. It was also acting like I was creating content for my current paying clients. And why I have that mentality is because when you start thinking about making posts for quote unquote potential clients, that's where you get into the mindset of what do I say? So people reach out and then like, I'm sorry, but whenever we've been in that mindset, have you ever created something brilliant? Do you know what I mean? Or like, no, you feel like you're this like human blinking cursor, like staring at your Canva account. The creativity's blocked. You're in your head, right? Whereas like, if I imagine, no, this is actually a part of the investment with my current, like I'm literally going to act like I'm going to send this post to my clients. They already know me. They already like me. They already trust me. There's already a relationship. And that is, I really tried that on in the beginning because I wanted my audience to eventually feel like that, right? Like they're already quote unquote sold on me, my brand, the way that I think, my ideas, the way that I teach. And if that were true, and now they're just deciding which offer they want to jump into, whether it's tomorrow, in a month, in a year, I don't care. Like they can still be sold on me and my brand, right? And who I am. So I kept trying that on. And yeah, in the beginning, I just really prioritized value content because I knew that credibility and authority needed to be like really established again. Even though I had been an authority, there was still like the no like and trust was missing. And I also just knew that value content, people that builds a lot of trust because people are asking themselves, can you help me? Right. So like, that's the first question that people ask when they come across the page and they need help. So I would say in a week's worth of time, it was like three posts were super potent value content. Like they look like a little college textbook, some of my value content, because I literally just like nothing pisses me off more than when people hold back as like a sales strategy of like, oh, if I give it all away, they won't buy from me. Well, the opposite effect has happened to me. People are like, if this is her free shit, I can't even imagine working with her. And then it was really taking the mask off in my polarizing content when I share my opinions on things and stop wearing the mask of like who I think I have to be in order to be successful. Like who is M? Like who is M? What does she think? What does she believe? And if they already know, like, and trust me, and again, this post is going to my paying clients, I can say whatever to them. They love me. They love my personality, right? So I kept, again, trying that on. And then obviously, this is the biggest thing. When I would share stories, either from the past or today, 
a lot of times people do the five-year recap of their transformation story. Whereas I believe you should actually take those five years and break them up into three to five separate posts, right? That are like little mini stories where you're zooming in on the thoughts, feelings, emotions, like that's going to land way more than you try to recap. Like, oh my God, like me recapping since 2017, when I was like first stepping into coaching, like, holy shit, there's not enough characters available. It's just not going to land the same as like me zooming in on something, like maybe how I used to sell compared to how I sell now, or like the moment where I dropped my fork with my grilled chicken salad when I heard that podcast, like that's going to land way more than me going, you know, how I pivoted from corporate to fitness all the way to a business coach. Like it's just going to be one big overview and it's not going to land. It's not going to activate people the same. So I mean, that's just a brief overview. If I were to say like exactly the things I focused on without getting too detailed, but yeah. And that's that idea of specificity too, of like zooming in on these like micro moments or like micro decisions along your journey, rather than being like, here's my five-year summary, because so many people also think that they like run out of content ideas. And when you are getting like really micro in your content, the limit does not exist on a number of ideas. Yes, (laughs) exactly. It's like the limit does not exist, but it does when you're like, well, I told my five-year story one time. And so I checked that box and now I got to find like something new. You mentioned a couple of times, like pivots that you've made in your business. Now, one that I watched with, oh my gosh, what is I'm doing was like, you closed down like one of your like signature programs, like a signature program that you had that was like bringing in like multi six figures for you. And you pivoted from that. And I'm sure that there's so many people who are listening that have something that's working for them right now, but maybe they don't love it. Or maybe they're like, I'm hanging on to this thing because it brings in money, But Mm -hmm. actually, I really desire to do this thing over here, but I'm scared to let this thing go that works to make space for the thing I really want. Tell Mm -hmm. us about that. Yeah. I mean, it was like letting go of an identity. That's how long I had had that (laughs) program. I ran it for eight rounds and it brought in over half a million dollars cash. It was like literally my baby of my business. And I feel like I just came to a point where it was a 12-week group program. I mean, the amount of topics that we would talk on in 12 weeks, I mean, I was overwhelmed, let alone somebody coming in who was like starting at zero and wanting to get their business off the ground because it was for beginner coaches who wanted to become full-time online. And so I just realized that even though clients were getting results and they loved it and they loved the relationships and the community, I was so overwhelmed and burnt out selling it by the last round. It was always just like, oh, I have to have this big launch once a quarter. I got to fill X amount of spots. You know, and it just started to feel like a have to and not a get to. And even though I was proud of the clients, I was just also starting to feel like my creativity was capped. Like, because this was the offer that had 20 different topics versus what if I came out with programs where those 20 topics were now their own separate two-week group program, three-week group program, 
And it was just all about offer creation or just all about sales or just all about content. And what that did was it didn't isolate me signing just beginner coaches anymore. Because when I came out with micro offers, if I came out with a launch and sales program, like Slayer Launch, right? That is two weeks or three weeks. Well, that means that an established coach can come into that program and be like, I don't like my launch strategy. I want to try this. And then a beginner coach can come in and be like, I don't have a launch strategy. What's a launch, right? Like I need to figure that out. And so I attracted like double the amount of clients just from separating it into micro offers and closing down that program. And so I think the decision for me, it was totally the creativity thing. I wasn't having fun anymore in my business. And it really started to feel like I was like an employee to my own business because I was like, no, like I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm crazy to let this go. I mean, mentors were telling me like to hold on to it and that brought in revenue and people know you for this and all this stuff. And I think at the end of the day, like you are the one running your own business and you're the one like selling it and carrying it out and you know, even like the last round, I know we didn't bring in as much money as usual because my energy just wasn't behind it anymore. And yeah, I really wanted everything I did in my business going forward to feel like a get to something that I gave me energy just as much as the clients. And yeah, obviously stepping into micro offers and blew my mind, like the growth in my business, but also attracting more people and and the fun I was having while doing it. And it was tough, but at the same time, like my clients respected me for it. And the thing I always went back to is I'm modeling for my clients. So if I don't move on this, I'm basically telling my clients, yeah, just like settle and your offers and just be bored with them. And this is normal and like be miserable in your business. Like, and I'm just like, No, like I would never tell them that. So that was the biggest thing. I like the permission slip to like follow the fun versus the line of thinking that we so often have and the trap that people can fall into is what's the thing that I think will sell and I'm just going to do that thing, even if it comes at the cost of like my own enjoyment. And I think it's just such a big permission slip to be able to say like, actually, I'm going to feed my own creativity first, my own like joy in my own business first. Because when I do that, we're so much more magnetic anyway. We show up in a totally different way. And our clients get a better experience as a result. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They feel that when you're just like kind of going through the motions of your business or settling on something or unhappy and they're looking to you. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, let's shift into like business and life when like life is lifing. So I get so often this question from people of like, oh my gosh, I'm navigating something behind the scenes, but I'm also really scared to take my foot off the gas. And what if I'm not like high vibe all the time? Are people going to not buy from me? But it also feels like, how do I pay attention to the life when the life is lifing? And I'm curious, like, how do you navigate that? What has your experience been with this? I haven't talked about this yet. So this is like juicy. Yeah, this is juicy. This year by far was 
the hardest year of my personal life, like hands down since starting my business. I, yeah, I navigated some crazy shit at the start of the year in terms of like friends, just like ghosting our relationship completely blindsiding me and just with like no explanation and then navigating client relationships, like things I had never dealt with before with clients. That was pretty hard and took a lot of leadership. And then my best friend passed away in July and we had been attached at the hip and just like, she was my rock here in Austin. And yeah, that was like, I'd never dealt with somebody my age and not because of like the order of life or because they were getting older that close to me that passed away. And I'm telling you, Adrian, it was like one thing would happen two months later, they were all within two months apart from mm-hmm. each other, like each thing. And they were each really big things. And I got to a point where I felt like I lost the like having fun, magic, spontaneity, like, let's just do a cash injection. Let's just do a sale. Like never done. And that was me. Like before I was having so much fun and doing cartwheels at my business, like every day. And the thought of putting myself out there in business, I was associating it with, well, every time I put myself out there, something bad happens or like, you know, like there's a death or like there's an ending to something. And so I really like had a wall up around my heart and I kind of just like used the strategy that had always worked and like offers I had always launched kind of as like the safety net for the first six months of this year. And I caught myself. I noticed I was like slipping into it. I didn't feel like myself at all. And yeah, that was really hard because I just felt like, yeah, things are growing, but like, I'm not feeling that same like magic of like anything could happen today. Like a dream client could message me and like, this could happen. Like I wasn't in this feeling of possibility anymore because it felt like, you know, in a couple months, something bad's going to happen or like something. And Yeah. And I think my nervous system just in general was just like shot and had been through very extreme emotions. And so, yeah, for me, I felt like in August, I was like coming up for air after a month of just like processing, like cooling off emotionally and energetically. And then it's like, you know, I was navigating, like separating from my partner at the same time. And like, Yeah, it just was like, okay, I have to come to terms with life is always going to be lifing. Like this year was wild for sure. And at the same time, I know that my clients value me for not how much money I can hold, but also like the fact that I can hold this and still like honor my commitments and show up every day. And when I really recognize myself for having done that through that whole time period, like never neglecting client calls or like messages or trainings or anything and and really being transparent with my audience too. Like I wasn't trying to act like nothing was going on. I feel like that's where I really started getting my power back and like recognizing 
oh, like it wasn't just the money growth from these past six months. That's like great considering everything that happened. But at the same time, like it's also the fact that I could hold all this that like makes me a leader. And like, I should like own that. I think we need to give ourselves more grace. I think we're the hardest on ourselves. And I was very much slipping into that at one point, judging myself up and down, like, oh, I should be more of this today. Or like, I wasn't enough of this. And yeah, like at the same time, I just put myself in my client's shoes. If a client had gone through this, would I speak to them in the same way? Would I like treat them the same way? Absolutely not. So yeah, I mean, that's how what I always turn to is recognizing like how much I'm holding that I didn't even think I could hold, that I'm actually like blowing myself away with my self-leadership right now, not just leading other people. But also, yeah, like being able to go, okay, I wouldn't do this to a client. I wouldn't treat a client like this. So why am I making myself the exception? And I think it's very easy to do that when you lead people and you have clients to look up to you because you put so much pressure around like how you're showing up for them. And I just got to a point where I was like, no, like if I was observing this from a mentor right now, like. I would be learning a lot from the way that they're like showing up and navigating it. And I would never expect these kind of things from them. Like, yeah. So I had to just be very real with myself and neutral about it and take myself out of the situation for a second. That's how I've always handled things. I just think it was a really big test this year. It's not like I had never been through anything, but back to back to back it was really it was really a test of leadership and now i feel like there's there's nothing i can't handle after this year like mm. yes so. <laughs> oh thank you for sharing that so real and honestly and it's so true that we don't expect our mentors to have this like perfect glossy life where everything is always working out all the time And actually there's so much to learn from seeing like, wow, their life is life and just like mine. And I've like navigated to like some really challenging things, like the hardest things I've ever navigated in this year. And I think sometimes we have these moments of how much do I let my clients in on the real, real of like what's happening. And I don't know about you, but my personal perspective has been like, I want to share it because it actually feels inauthentic to be like, everything's so great. When actually behind the scenes, I'm like, I cried into like my oatmeal this morning. You know what I mean? And so like sharing it, I think also the grace that we give ourselves allows like other people to give that grace to themselves too. And we have to remind ourselves, like you've survived every single one of your hardest days and you will continue to. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I I totally was transparent, especially with like close proximity clients too, because they're like getting the most of my time and energy. And I mean, I literally got the phone call. My best friend died 20 minutes before a mastermind call. And oh my God, I just took it thinking like, oh, she wants to catch up. It was a mutual friend of ours. And, um, she told me, and I was like out on a walk and where I took the call was actually like the last walk, like me and my friend Mm. took, and I was in shock. Like it was just, you're kind of just like, in course this didn't happen. Like you're just in that attitude. And so I actually came into the apartment and I took the call 
And I was like, white as a ghost. Yeah. Like you don't feel like you're in real life. And so I just let them know, like, I, I can't talk about it yet. Cause I was also asked, like, we don't want people to spread this yet. So I just said, I can't talk about it. Something pretty terrible happened. Like, you know, I'll share it when I'm ready. And my mastermind was like the first people that I told, I mean, outside of like my parents and my boyfriend, like, so yeah, I just feel like that is such a coaching opportunity because they can really observe your leadership. So that's how I took it. A hundred percent. Okay. Last question. I'm really curious, just like what's been on your mind? Like what's exciting you right now in your business? Like what are you working on with your mentor right now? Like take us a little bit behind the scenes. Okay. So last year was all about establishing this new business model. So putting the micro offers in place, building the hot audience. So I was kind of like in the building the foundations all over again, even though I was like two and a half years into business. Like I had to rebuild all those foundations because they were totally different, right? Like I wasn't just selling only high ticket anymore. I had to come out with these new offers that I never sold before price points. So that whole year was like building that foundation. And now it's like the foundation's built. So now I'm like simplifying and scaling a lot of things. So it's like, yeah, like it it was even as simple as things like there were three options in my paid membership and we cut them down to two because it's like, nope, simplify like one, not necessary anymore. Like, and it was just like little things like that, but they made such a big difference. And I think like the biggest breakthrough for me this year was like scaling isn't about adding in more shit. It's actually about like cutting back and simplifying and it's been it's been great i mean really focusing more on like longevity so less like pop up offers and having that be like the main focus kind of like how last year was and instead now that i have like a rolling mini mind i have a big mastermind i have the membership really bringing a lot of attention to those spaces instead And yeah, still having the fun, like, I mean, I just put out a masterclass. It's like $20. Like I will just do like random fun things like this. But I know that also those little micro offers build the relationship. People aren't always buying them because of the price point. They're building them because they're like, yeah, I'm going to buy this $20 thing because I want to suss you out a little bit. Like, I don't know if I like you. And I'm totally down for that. But it has 3X'd the client journey, like in terms of like people who are in my world, because these little micro offers or places to start have really extended their relationship with me. And then they move on to like bigger things when they're ready. And so it's been seeing a lot of that happening, which is great. My clients are fucking, I mean, just like right now, like my client who's flying in, she had like a $37,000 day. Oh my God. Literally. Yeah. Like clients going from 35 to $85,000 in like eight weeks. It just, they're, they're literally blowing my mind right now. Like mini mind mastermind clients. And like, I'm just, honestly, I think like you do get to a point and I'm realizing this now, and this has what's been on my mind is that who's in your world. It's like such a reflection of like how much you've grown to like your clients are such a mirror for like, I mean, I never used to be this myself with like clients, like in terms of like 
yeah, like 2019, I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> like I was just like, always like, do they like me? Do they hate me? Like I would never be able to have a client fly in. I would have like a panic attack, like literally like thinking like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm weird or like, I like just like, yeah. And now it's just like, no, like I'm like, can be fully myself. And it's like, yeah, all the work that I've done and and how much I've grown, But I think it's like always such a reminder when you have that moment of, oh my God, I would literally go get my nails done with all of my clients right now. Like I'm obsessed with them. Like I love them. Like that's where you, like, that's where I always wanted to be. Like, I'm just like, my clients are giving me life and me energy, like just like being around them. And I think that to me is like a milestone. And I'm just like, yeah, their results impress me and this and that. But like, who they are blows me away just in like their hearts and the way that they move and the things that they talk about and, and yeah, how self-led they are. It's like everything I always wanted. And I just think those are just like, I don't know, conversations I'm having, like things I've been thinking about and stuff I'm up to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. It's like, I feel like I can't even count how many mic drop golden nuggets you gifted us today. So thank you so, so much. And I just like really appreciate you and thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This was such a good conversation. I love that I spilled the tea in here too. I know. I feel so like so (laughs) special that you chose this place to do it. Thank you for listening to Infinite Success Secrets with Adrienne Weimer. I'd love you to come and join other women who want to make more money online over in my free Facebook group, Infinite Success Secrets. 